Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's episode of Rice, we'll be discussing Raya and the Last Dragon and forgiving our enemies. What up, what up, listeners? Where are my Asians at? (laughs) Welcome to Rice, which, starting this week, now stands for Representation and Inclusion in Comedy and Entertainment. Um, uh, Shout out to uh, Leonard for for coming up with that. Um, And uh, each week on this podcast, we will be reviewing a uh, minority-led film and debate a cultural topic that stems from the movie's themes. I'm your host, Fong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians. And on our panel, we've got comedians Leonard Chan. And, oh, actually, let, let's let's uh, do that apart again. Sorry, Leonard. Um, on our podcast, we've got Leonard Chan. Hi. And Veronica Antipolo. Welcome. Come into my beaded curtain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so before we jump into the uh, movie review, what was the most memorable part of your week? Let's start with Veronica. Um, actually, this movie review, I watched that movie three times. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. How, how about you, Leonard? <clears throat> um. Man, it's been an eventful week. I'm trying to remember what I wanted. I don't know, man. A lot of stuff. Oh, do you know what just happened today? So going into these NFTs. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. Back to that. So you know uh, Steve Aoki? Mm-hmm. So he's releasing one. Oh. And he's, com- he's collaborating with an artist. Uh, and there's only 216 of them ever going to be made. And uh, it was like a lottery. And uh, I managed to snag one. Oh, wow. Congratulations. It's going to be for resale. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Jackpot. Jackpot. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, For me, the most memorable part of my week was I started a YouTube course because clearly doing it on my own for the past year has not worked out i think i've gotten uh 120 new subscribers so i'm averaging 10 <laughs> subscribers per month um and i would say that's off of about like 20 hours of work per month so i'm getting one subscriber for every two hours of effort so please somebody oh i i could be the subject of this week's segment help a bitch out like somebody needs to help this bitch out because i am drowning youtube is hard But actually, I would say it's a good thing for me because um, what I liked about this guy was um, his course is called Video Creators. And 
the reason why he hooked me in because there's so many different YouTube courses you can take. But his whole thing was like, listen, there's no way to cheat. You just have to be really good at storytelling. You have to be good at editing. You have to, you know, have good titles and good thumbnails. And like, you can't cheat it. You, the only way to win at YouTube is to have good content and to title it properly so that people like you. So I was like, okay, that sucks to hear because it's the most work. But I trust. <laughs> but you know, it, it makes me trust him. So it's a YouTube course, but it's also a storytelling course, and it's a, you know, it's a, a primal branding course because it's it's just sort of like, listen, you can't cheat. You just gotta be really good at what you do. So, you know, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, and uh, we're gonna take a quick short break, um, and we'll be right back with the review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, sorry, technical difficulties. I'm still trying to figure out some of this new stuff, but here we go on break. Oh no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about like space. <laughs> okay. All of this is because they tried to add that applause track at the beginning, and uh, that ruined my whole setup. But here, attempt number three at a break. And so we are back from break, and here is the Raya and the Last Dragon review. And I want to start out by saying, okay, damn Raya and Disney, like, how can you make me cry so much? Raya and the Last Dragon is kind of like the story of my life, except for Raya overcomes her obstacles and has to come to them. <laughs> it's like we, we're going through the same challenges and trust issues, and she overcame it, and it made me feel terrible but you know that's 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 what it is so uh you know so uh raya and the last dragon um it's it's on disney plus it takes place in a realm known as kumandra where a warrior princess named raya is determined to find the last dragon to rid her world of the druid and regain all that she has lost uh, this movie was directed by don hall and carlos lopez estrada written by key win and adele lim who also wrote crazy rich asians but is not doing part two because they decided to pay double the male um, co-writer and tried to shortchange her. So good for you, Adele. You are winning at life. Um, it is starring uh, Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, and Gemma Chan as Princess Raya, the Dragon Sisu, and Namari, respectively. So uh, let's head on over to our panel, and uh, we are going to get their uh, non-spoiler reactions of Raya and the Last Dragon. And uh, let's start with Veronica. What aspects of the film resonated with you or upset you the most? And would you recommend Raya and the Last Dragon to our listeners? Well, overall, I loved the movie because I did watch it three times. Um, the first two sort of segmented, but the third time all the way through, mm. I cried. I cried, I cried, and um, there were a lot of, like, strong female characters in there. But not only just strong, they were, like, diverse types of strength. And honestly, like, hello, Asians, whoop, whoop. But the one thing, I do have one thing that I didn't like. I just felt like they could have done a better job at uh, representing more diversity within that Asian diaspora 
such a catchphrase now, diaspora. But overall, I still like, like it. I mean, I'll watch it again and again. Hey, and Leonard, what are your non-spoiler reactions? I thought it was really good. Uh, it was well written. Um, you know, obviously the, the pedigree of the people writing it is is very solid. Like Adele Lim from Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Ki Win, who has a daytime Emmy for Peg and Cat, which is a show on PBS, which is very very good if you have preschool children, which I do not. Uh, but I'm also writing for a preschool show right now, so I'm very appreciative of a lot of preschool uh, TV shows because I've had to watch a lot of them, um, and that's a good one. And so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the writing's super solid. Um, I generally don't like it when, like, they start with voiceovers and stuff, but it worked well here. Uh, and, yeah, like, it, it was set up really nice because, like, you know, you think Namari was the was the villain, but it's not, really. Like, it's trust issues is the villain, um, which is why Vong is so sad. About <laughs> 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 like, this is my life. Um, but it was well done because the thing is, like, it's hard. It's hard when the villain is uh, is not like an external thing, like you know, like a Hans Gruber, where it's like, yeah, well, yeah, sure, you know, <laughs> you know what you're fighting against, right? Like, and obviously, like there was that, um, like the persona, like not the personification, I guess, like the the monst- monstrous anthropomorphization. Well, it's not even, that's not even the right word. I'm a writer, I swear to God, but I, I know words. Uh, what was the name of the purple Druids? stuff? Druids. 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 Yeah, so, I mean, that represent, like, you know, represented, like, distrust and whatever. It, it was about, yeah. like, cultures coming together, you know, which I think mm-hmm. is very uh, relevant these days. And it di- they didn't do it. They earned it. Like, they earned the ending. Like it, Because, it's again, it's really hard when you're writing villains that are intangible. Yeah. Uh, because, like, in order to get that payoff to work, like, it, it requires a very deft hand. It requires a lot of very uh, good and subtle setups. Mm. Um, and they they did it. So I, too, cried, which is, oh. uh, <laughs> wow. which is the thing. I teared up a little bit, um, which is actually super fun because I, was, I watched the whole movie in VR. Oh. Like, I put on a VR headset and oh. I was sitting in a massive theater. <laughs> So I watched it on a big screen, it felt like. Uh, and then so then when you're in VR with the goggles, like when the tears come down, it just kind of pulls. <laughs> I was like, that's not good. Uh, I'm ruining, ruining my headset. But, uh, oh, wow. So that's three, yeah. three out of three Asians crying. So if we had yeah. a, a rating system with emojis, it'd be three crying Asians. Can't be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I personally thought that it was, you know, I, I agree with Leonard. The voiceover at the beginning made it start off kind of slow. And we've seen Pixar and Disney do much better openings that required a lot of exposition, but they didn't like go into it. Like, you know, and especially with passage of time, I think a great example is Up. And, you know, like they've just done it over and over. So for them to sort of just lean in and do like a total voiceover that was unneeded, I I thought. It felt lazy. Yeah, it definitely felt a little bit lazy. But once it started going, once, you know, once once Aquafina, uh, Sisu the Dragon showed up, it was basically like breakneck speed from then till the end. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, you know, as if for listeners know, I'm really big on characters. And I thought the character motivations made sense from Namari to Namari's mom. Um, even, you know, and we'll talk about this more, more in the spoiler section, but, you know, 
even, you know, this certain twist at the end, it just made sense. I was like, I can see somebody with that paranoia making those decisions. And, yeah. you know, that that for me really makes a big difference. And the characters were very likable. So for, for me, uh-huh. if you have those two elements, the characters are likable and believable. You usually have me. And yeah, and the fact that the themes hit at, you know certain character defects that I have, um, basically bullseye, I think is, you know, like the whole story of being traumatized when you were young by somebody you loved who, uh, who betrayed you and then not being able to trust anybody ever again. I was like, Hey, that's totally me, except for she overcame it. So I'm like, okay, this, this, uh, this is uh hurtful, but, uh, you know, I, it's, uh, Maybe maybe Veronica can be your sassy dragon. I was I was gonna say Vaughn was crying for different reasons. I think. <laughs> Look what she's like, I, you know, listeners. You can't see what she's wearing, but it's, it's sassy it's dragoness. Pretty, yeah, I, yeah. I'll, or I'll be your dragon. High class escort, whatever. Ha- high way. class. I, let's make that distinction right now. High class. Yes, <laughs> oh, high class, my friend. <laughs> And okay, this is a signal to all our listeners. We are now going to go into full-ass spoilers. If you have not seen the movie and you are still here, we are not liable. We were never liable, really. Um, But I'm just going to say it like that because it sounds fancy. Do not listen if you do not want to get spoiled. So now let's go back to our panel and... um, now, full spoilers allowed. Let's go back to Leonard. What were your thoughts about the movie, the narrative structure, all that goodness? It was well done. I mean, the thing is, like, it was kind of put together, like, it, like it was kind of inevitable, like, where it was going to end up. Because, like, she was clearly, like, gathering people. <laughs> uh, and then it was just rolling in a ball. And then eventually you get to the end where now you have like one person from each of the five nations, each with the responsible for people. Cause the whole thing is about like, they break apart this gem at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, because humans don't trust each other and humans suck and they break this thing apart. And then they basically cause the destruction of the world as, <laughs> as one does, which is very, uh, you know, uh, art imitates life, you know, uh, because mm. we're all fighting over resources, and that's basically all that was. And then it really had to be about them coming together. So they like gathered all the people, so it was nice. Like they had a little segment which escalated. Uh, they each had their own distinct story. They each had their own uh, resolution to their story, which was satisfying, which is mm-hmm. nice. It wasn't all shoehorned in, like because basically in the movie, the Druze come in and they turn people to stone, and then basically all these each person had like suffered loss. And then it was all about, like, how they come together to then reverse that loss, which they do at the end. So the, it was really, it was well-structured. Like, it was very clear where it's going to go and how it's going to escalate. But what was nice is, like, you didn't, like, you know where it's going to go. And you know the ending that you want and what you expect. But you didn't, I didn't predict how they were going to get there precisely. Mm-hmm. Like, it was close to what I was thinking. But, like, it, but they, they were, fi- they found Clearly, because they evoked some catharsis, like, I didn't just see it coming. You know what I mean? Mm. I was like, I did not, you know, which, so it was good. Like, it was it was well done. It was um, where they, like, managed to get them to come together in a way. Uh, and for the main character to, like, resolve her journey of, like, learning to trust and then making that final leap 
by giving the piece of the gem to her like mortal enemy <laughs> mm-hmm. as a show of trust. And I think that was really well done. Um, it was earned. I keep saying that it was earned, but like it's hard to do. It's hard to earn that kind of an emotional payoff. And I can't imagine how many drafts they had to go through to get it just right. So there were like ten like there's two screenwriters, but like ten people who are like story mm. by. So like a lot of people had to work on like you know, this sort of thing doesn't come out of a vacuum. A lot of very talented people had to come together to make that work. And it did. It, it worked really, really well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think for me with this movie, what I loved the most was at the end where they needed to up the stakes a little bit more. And, you know, where they had where they had Namari um, uh, betray, quote unquote, betray um uh Raya one last time or, or at least you know attempt to betray her obviously we know that uh, the that Sisu probably talked her off that ledge um but then you know all that stuff happened but at least she showed up and at first was going to follow her mother's orders but to me it made sense that she would side with her mom even if she didn't totally agree with her and even her mm-hmm. mom saying you know wait a minute if they come back everybody's going to blame us i was like that everything makes sense. And one thing I'm yeah. I'm upset with with Marvel lately is I feel like they've been coming up, and you know, I'm just mentioning Marvel because it's also under the, the Disney umbrella, is they come up with really good villains finally. At first they had like awful villains, but they came up with really good villains, like in Black Panther and even in WandaVision. And it's like, you know, and then you're almost cheering for the bad guy. But then just to make sure that we know that the good guy is a good guy and the bad guy is the bad guy, they have to make the bad guy do one last thing that's, like, super obviously bad um, so we can, like, like side with the good guy. And I like that they didn't take that cheap way out and they found a way to make it believable that, like, okay, yeah, she is going to, like, you know, Namari's mom will betray her um, because she is worried about her all the blame falling on her nation. I was like, I can totally believe that. And that's what earned it for me. And, you know, like, you know, like I said, I, I love the message in this movie. Um, it's, you know, it'll be a very popular message in China on, uh, on state televised China reunification all under one, one country. Um, but okay, let's let's apply it to like you know what's happening in the U.S. where it's like you know Trump supporters and non-Trump supporters. Maybe it is an American movie. Maybe if I apply it to that theme, it seems less nefarious. But yeah, it is very. I will say this will be like the favorite movie of like the Chinese state government ever. It's probably not going to do well in Hong Kong or Taiwan, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let, let's head over to, to Veronica. What, what were your thoughts now that you can uh, jump into full spoilers? What were those full big spoilers. moments? So, the, you know, so I, like I said, I loved the movie. I really did. And uh, well, for me, it's always about um, how they represent women in those types of movies. And I was happy that they had a villain uh, what's her name? Nafari, who wasn't really, she was a complex person more than a villain, I would say. Like, she just, she had some issues, <laughs> um, as a lot of <laughs> us do. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I really liked that. And I like that their strength. Um, the other strong woman I can think of is that 
elderly woman at the end who tries to mislead uh, Raya. I actually liked her, too. I was like, oh, look, they have, like, an older mm. woman in there, an old lady in there, like, as a as a strong character. I mean, she's not a main wait, 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 character. Which, which old one? The one who... Uh, the village the chief? Trick, uh, yeah, the village trick. chief. In, yeah. um, was it in Tail? Hangai or whatever her name is? Oh. Yes, yeah. But the one thing that did bother me near the beginning was when they all were invited to Heart. And I clearly saw that Raya as the protagonist and her dad were, of course, the light Asians. And everyone <laughs> from... <laughs> everyone else was just a few shades darker. And I was like, what's up with that? Yeah, well, you know, let's... Have let's... you learned nothing about the world, Veronica? <laughs> White people are yeah. better. I know, but I was like, oh, damn it. Man. I was like, I want to be... Like, I want to be a hero, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's you know, let's let, let's actually jump jump straight into that. So, our, our next segment is specifically on representation in this film, and um, you know, uh, I would say the representation in front of the camera, um, behind the camera, it's a little bit different because it's like animated and all that. Um, but uh, you know, and, and then we'll we'll go into issues of like overall representation. But um, I will say, okay, great. It is written by two Asians. Um, I'm going to assume by their names. Maybe I shouldn't. But uh, Adele Lim sounds Chinese and Ki Win does sound Vietnamese. So, you know, at least two different types of Asians. What, which, which is more than can be said about Mulan. Um, one thing here, too, is... Uh, I think Adele Lim is Asian. Ah, Just okay. Thank, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I'm just making assumptions off of people's names, but that that's uh, <laughs> that is great. Um, yeah, this this was though directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada, and all of the ex- all of the producers and executive producers. And like I said, I'm just going off of their names, but they don't sound Asian. And it was the same thing that happened with Mulan, where you know the actors on screen and some of like the low-level producers, um, but, like, not the director, not the executive producers, and not, like, the main producers, and not even the writers were Asian. Um, so this one went a step further. At least the writers were Asian. Um, so it's yes. one step further. Um, and they did have, like, a whole committee of people um, dedicated to, like, Southeast Asia. They actually went on a trip to all these different countries. I think they went to uh, Laos, Thailand, Malaysia, um, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam. Um, they didn't. They didn't go to Myanmar for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, th- those were the countries and, and Cambodia are the ones they're trying to represent. And so you know, it is interesting. And uh, you know, uh, so uh, going back to Veronica's point about the light skin, it, it's so it's kind of funny. I actually had a different reaction to the skin color. And to the facial features, because um, I actually thought, you know, so my, my heritage is is is, is mainly Laos, and um, you know, I was born in Thailand, and and my mom has has a, has a bit of Chinese in in her. I think she was she was born in China, and so I've grown up around like a lot of different Asian cultures that are being meant to be represented in this movie, and. I would say the interesting thing with the skin color was it was darker than I thought. I actually think the main character, you actually can't make out exactly which country of those five they're representing um, that she's from because they made her a little bit darker than 
a lot of people from China. Um, they, but they gave her some Chinese features. They gave her some Lao features. They gave her like I feel like they put it in an AI and said, "How do you make somebody look like they're a?" have a bit of blood from all five regions. And I actually think because like, I'm actually very good at telling people from that region apart because I've grown up with Cambodians, with Vietnamese, with Chinese, with Laos, with Thai, um, with Filipinos. Like I am actually very good at picking out those facial features. And I actually think they did a pretty good job of combining them into like this new AI produced, <laughs> southeastern because i do think they could have taken the easy way out and like one of the animators actually said that they were trying not to do this of like each of the five parts of the dragon they could have just made okay you know tail represents vietnam you know heart represents china or something but actually they said they really tried not to do that they actually tried to mix and match features and skin colors and that from each region um, so I actually appreciated that. Um, so that was more my interpretation of the race um, and the and the skin color. So it, it was a little bit different, but I, I I do understand what Veronica's saying too. So let me get back to Veronica because she started with representation, and then I went back and did the intro and representation, um, like like a man mansplaining everything. So now let's go back <laughs> to Veronica to tell me how it really is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, so it, I, I noticed it immediately because when they pan across the rest of the nations, I was just like, hey, they get more sun in their nations. Like what's going on? Maybe because Raya has the rice field hat. I don't know. But I was that was the only honestly out of the whole movie. That was the only thing that kind of bothered me. But otherwise, like, I mean, I was just happy for like just such a a diverse Asian representation in general. Like mm. in terms of any animated movie, this has this is like a very good step in the right direction. And mm. the narrative wasn't it wasn't it wasn't whitened. It's still it was still something that I felt close to. I could identify with the characters. It was like it was a really damn good movie. I made that $35. Honestly, I got my return on investment. So I'm happy for it. And then also, um, I did notice one thing. Did you notice this theme? Because did they come back from stone six years later? Yeah. Um, none of them aged. I w I caught oh, that they were, too. They were stoned. I know. I mean, that's not such a bad deal. You sell your soul <laughs> to the devil and you come back looking youthful. I was like, I, I mean, I can get with that. Well, that's just a very minor theme in the movie. It's kind of funny if they made it five years and it would have been just like the MCU people coming back five years later. Oh yeah, they all had snapped. Yeah, having not aged, but their children have aged, so... Um, cool. Uh, thanks for that, Veronica. Let's head over to Leonard. And, you know, in terms of representation, um, you know, both on screen, off screen, and also as an Asian, how did this movie affect you? Did it affect you more because it was Southeast Asian characters? Or, uh, yeah, how did, how did you feel like this film represented? I mean... What was incredible to me is how many Asians were involved in it. Like it was, like you said before, like it wasn't it wasn't like white people doing an Asian movie so much, right? Like 
the writers like Hee Win, Vietnamese, Adele Lim, Malaysian, uh, like in terms of like their their uh, head of story was Thai. Mm. Um, I think it's Thai. Phan uh, Virasuntor. I think that's Thai. That sounds Thai. Uh, like if you look at the cast, like it's crazy. Like you go down the list, um, and it's like Kelly Marie Chan, Vietnamese, Aquavina, Chinese, Isaac Wayne, Chinese, Jemma Chen, Chinese, Daniel Bikim, Korean, Benedict Wong, Chinese, uh, Sandra Oh, and like. The first, honestly, the, the first white person who shows up on the cast in terms of billing is Alan Tudyk, and he played Tuk Tuk. Oh. <laughs> like, the only white voice in this thing played... A potato know, bug. A giant pill bug? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Alan Tudyk is awesome. I love Alan Tudyk. Like, he was in Firefly and stuff like that, so... Mm. Yeah, it was just uh, just the amount of Asians in this was phenomenal. Because mm. mm. this is the thing, it's an animated film. They didn't have to, I mean, they've learned, I think, to do that now, but yeah. it wasn't always the case. Like, like Mulan, the original Mulan didn't have, like, didn't have all Asian voices. Yeah. No. Right? So, yeah, back, back then it was nice that at least the lead was was Ming Na Wen. So at, yeah. le- at least we got the lead character. But yeah, you know, obviously yeah. Eddie Murphy was uh, was Mushu. So uh, yeah, exactly. So now we have like all Asians, mm-hmm. um, which is phenomenal. Like even like even recently, like like th- and this is a very recent change. Like in terms of like uh, voice actors voicing the ethnicity. Well, in this case, all the ethnicities don't match. But at least we're Asian because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, whatever. Like, it's it's fictional. It's Kumandra. So, like, we don't know precisely what the qualities are. But at least it's Asian, you know? So, uh, and it's not unlike, like, BoJack Horseman, where you have, like, a Vietnamese woman played by the whitest girl on earth. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely getting closer. I mean, she did, she did, to her credit, she did, like, say, I can't do this anymore. And she ended up dropping out. Mm. Um but like you know, and and it happened on Big Mouth too, right? Like with um, Jenny Slate, mm-hmm. like she was playing uh, an African American character, yeah. And then she's like, I can't do this, yeah. Yeah. and they handled that very well, like the transition. But it's just like it's it's really nice that now, because the thing about voice acting, and a lot of these actors are more than just voice actors, but like voice acting is really expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Like, to get into it, like, you have to buy equipment. You have to, like, set up, like, a mm-hmm. whole thing. Like, it's a whole thing. So it's not, it's like getting into hockey, you know? Like, that's why yeah, I think yeah. it's white people in hockey, because it's expensive. Yeah, I, I think, too, and I know it is a bit of a debate uh, around actors being able to play different races or, you know, also, you know, a bit of a different issue, but, you know, like uh, straight people doing gay voices and different things like that. So it it is it is interesting with with voice acting. Um, and, you know, I, I do think and, you know, some people say that I'm racist for saying this, but I do feel like I grew up around Asians and you wait, can where, where wait, you wait, sir, yeah, where? where? In in the ghettos of Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell, like you can I don't know, I know it sounds racist to say I could hear somebody's race in their voice, but you kinda can, even if they don't have an accent, there's it, it there's an authenticity versus somebody like me like trying to sound Asian. I I feel like as somebody who grew up around all Asians and only one white kid in my school, like 
I know what Asians sound like, and I can tell if it's like a fake white person doing an Asian voice. So, yeah, we've definitely it's come a, a long way. Experience. Yeah, it's a sure. lived thing. Like, you can't just yeah. fake it unless you're like that good of an actor. Exactly. You know? But it's really hard. Exactly. Like I'm I mean, writing, I'm writing a TV show right now where we have like five, six different very specific ethnicities, hmm. and like if, uh, like if the network picks it up and we go to cast this thing. Like, I haven't told them this yet, but this is what I'm going to be asking for. I have no power, uh, mm. but this is what I would like. Like, like if we have, like, a Brazilian character right now. If they hire a Mexican to play the Brazilian, I'm going to rewrite it to be a Mexican. Mm. Every single ethnicity, like, we'll get the best actors we can get, but I'm going to rewrite the roles for their ethnicity. Yeah. That's, that's the only move, I think. Like, if you want it to be authentic, that's the only move. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon might not be perfect in its terms of representation, as Veronica mentioned, with the uh, with, with a little bit of colorism in there, and also mm-hmm. with lots of Asians working on it, but still the top of the pyramid are non-Asians in the executive producer, producer, and director roles. Um, but it, it, it's, it's headed in the right direction. And, For sure. Uh, we are going to take a short break. But after this commercial break, we will delve into the theme or one of the themes of Ryan the Last Dragon. And that is forgiving our enemies. Okay, so we are back from our short break. And, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon, I I swear to God, they were taking a bow and arrow, aiming it straight into the middle of my cold, dead heart um, (laughs) around the central theme of, like, forgiving your enemies. And I'm like, I'm a bitter person. Like, I'm just like Raya. Like, I trusted trusted a hoe when I was young. They really stabbed me in the back, and I've not been able to trust ever since. And it's like, her journey, imagine this movie if she made it to the end and she was like, you know, and if she, like, was like, no, I can't forgive you. And then she just, like, you know, stabbed a bitch in the face. That'd be my life. <laughs> I was like, I'm, like, the evil version of Raya. So this movie <laughs> is making me Well, you're Nafari. <laughs> you're, you're Nafari. You're not Raya. <laughs> Nafari or Namari? Uh, oh, Namari. Namari. Yeah, Namari. Nafari sounds so much more... Nafarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's like... Like, Nafari is like how George Lucas names his villains. It's like just something bad. And that's just like take out a letter. <laughs> okay, so let's let's open up to the panel. Like, how do you guys deal with forgiveness? Like in this time of such a divided society, you've got crazy Trumpers, anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, white supremacists. How do we find common ground? Is there a way, or are you with me and you just want all your enemies to perish? Let's go to uh, Veronica. I mean, I, that takes up so much energy, Vong. I don't have time to wish my enemies to perish. No, no. I oh, wait, to... I, I'm, I'm going to jump in for a second. I'll, 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 I'll let you go after this. But just based on what you said, I do it because hate saves time because... 
When I tell a bitch, I hate your ass, I ain't got to pretend. Like, so say with like, you know, in different comedy circles, like sometimes you hate a bitch and then you pretend you don't hate them. You got to say hi. You got to do all this shit. No, bitches, no. Stay away. I don't like you. I remember some hoe tried to come up and talk to me and I was like, bitch, I don't like you. And I'm pretty sure you hate me, too. So why are you pretending? I ain't got time for your ass. I know it's Christmas. Are we supposed to be good to each other? <laughs> but no, die. Just die like Jesus, but don't come back. I don't need your ass. And it saves time because as opposed to, like, trying to forgive your enemies, which, you know, they're probably still going to be evil, I'd rather take that effort to people I know aren't garbage people. So that's my answer. Hate saves time, Veronica. Oh, my. But uh, back, back, back to Veronica. <laughs> yeah, you're Nafari for sure. Not Namari, Nafari. No, well, I didn't say forgive, though. I mean, I didn't say, like, go out and, like, hold hands and yeah. kumbaya. I'm just saying it's a lot of energy to be like, I hate you. I'm just going to stay in my corner of the room, not necessarily... <laughs> you know avoiding you but at the same time i'm not wasting my time i have other things to do um mm. but forgiveness i mean i guess that's like a branch of forgiveness is just you know you're null and void i'm just gonna i'm gonna treat you like that if we happen to be in the the bathroom together i might wait until you're out of the stall before i actually leave or maybe i'll just you know what? Maybe I am a little bit like you, Bob. I'll do like just a little <laughs> grudge action, but I won't take it as far as you. I won't say I hate you. Maybe <laughs> behind your back. But it just takes up a lot of energy. And I have like a lot of exes, as the whole world knows, because like half the world is my ex. And I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't have that much time on my plate to hate all of them. And probably most of those relationships anyways might have been my fault, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I say forgiveness. You don't have to be that angelic. But I mean, fuck. Like, don't you have anything else to do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's head over to Leonard. Has there ever been somebody who you just hated and hated, but somehow miraculously through the power of Disney magic or some other um, real life situation, you were able to come together and be friends. I don't know. This, this seems like a fairy tale to me. What's, what's your opinion, Leonard? <laughs> Man, you know what? I don't, I don't have enemies, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a lover. Uh, <laughs> except Elon Musk. He knows what he did. <laughs> <laughs> so you would ignore him if you were in the same room together. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason he's trying to get off his planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, okay, so if you're trying um, to see the world, I'm gonna yeah, give you a chance. I don't know, man. I can't think of any examples. Like, I can't. I I've never really had enemies. Uh, and I wonder if like people see me. I'm sure somebody out there no i don't even think like anybody sees me as an enemy of their maybe they do and i just don't know and like there's a lot of people plotting my my death <laughs> my doom, and i just don't know uh, you know what i'm okay ignorance is bliss i don't need to go around like being paranoid looking around every corner because that's what happened to raya where she trusted nobody and i'm fine with like occasionally being like hey i mean here's the thing it's like it's like trust but verify that's just be smart you know <laughs> And I've gotten robbed seven times in my life. What? Yeah. 
Seven times? Where are you I've like, walking? A lot. Uh, down, down dark alleys like what's going on yeah like they broke they broke into my car two or three times i had my apartment broken into oh, yeah. I had wow. stolen i've had things stolen like i've had things stolen on my coat check it's just nothing i can do about it wow right? but like okay. you know i don't know uh think bad things happen mm. but like bad things happen there you go Bob. <laughs> but like you just kind of like gotta uh yeah i mean i wouldn't yeah I just don't. I just don't give them that much energy, like like Veronica said. Yeah, it's just. It takes. It like makes me. I think I heard once that. Um, oh, here's what happened. I spent so much time being mad at someone. You know who you are. And they were across the street, and I remember I was trying to do dagger eyes, and I was like, oh, I just yeah. right. And I saw this person, and they were just moving through the world as if like they didn't even realize that I hated them. And I was like, what a bitch ass mother. <laughs> I'm spending all this time being mad at your ass and you don't even know that I'm mad at you. And that's when I realized, I'm like, this is a waste of time because- Yes, you're letting them live in your head rent free. Like there's that saying, it's like yeah. trying to be, what is it saying? Like, uh, it's like eating, it's like, it's like you taking poison and hoping your enemies die. <laughs> Yes. See, yes. I I feel like just to represent the opposite side, I do feel like we're not giving enough credence to how fun revenge is and cheering on the demise of your enemies. Like, there's value there. There is a value proposition. <laughs> value? value? Revenge is the new Bitcoin. <laughs> there's maybe, but value. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's too much effort. It's too much effort. Like, I don't have that. Like, here's the thing. This is the thing. You can't change other people. And, like, if there's, you know, you can only change yourselves and make yourselves better. And that that's where you should be putting your energy. So, like, make better decisions, make yourself a better person. Like, if anything we've learned from American foreign policy, it's that revenge, just res- like, just killing your enemies results in way more enemies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, okay, well, that um, that just about wraps it up for our podcast episode this week. I want to thank all of our listeners who've been loyal. We're almost coming up to our one-year anniversary. This is our 49th episode. Um, we are headed very soon into April, and then we'll be in Asian Heritage Month, and we've got a lot planned that month. Um, and I, I do want to tell our listeners, you know, we are using race as an acronym now, as I mentioned off the top, for... Um, representation and inclusion in comedy and entertainment we will eventually be covering more than just asian movies just overall representation that sort of came about because you know in the past few weeks um the the tv series it's a sin came out and it's about the aids pandemic and obviously i'm gay and i really wanted to cover it and i was like oh but our focus is kind of narrow so I was like I can't really cover it but so we're gonna slowly transition to a model probably not until after Asian Heritage Month but just letting you guys know this is coming up so please stay with us um you know and for for each style of film we will be bringing in people from that community um to give us that perspective from that film so we will be it opens up to having guests as well which is not something we have right now so um I'm looking around Veronica's face because I, I just remembered I actually haven't told her this separately. But yeah, so Veronica, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm the darkest Asian here. 
Now Veronica must plot your doom. I know, I am. Um, okay, and uh, thank you again to our listeners. This has been a rice um rice podcast i'm your host vong show uh our panelists are veronica antipolo and leonard chan and that's what's up with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.